Hey, everybody. Hi. Sorry we're a day late. We're Sorry. definitely going to also be a dollar short. Oh, yeah. You are so... Oh, wait. We are so out of dollars. Ow. That was I was just going to say... loud? The, uh, Turn your program down. I was just going to say we uh, are holding out for, you know... I, I, I just wasn't feeling it. You know, I, I, I was ready to go, and then I'm like, ugh. And now I'm like, yeah, today I got the energy. And then I, I just I, completely just hit a fucking brick yeah, wall right off the bat. I was like, what energy do you have? I have none. Oh, really? I'm, a, I'm right still now? a sleepy boy. Yeah, I'm a tired boy. I'm a sleepy Aww, boy. Oh, poor thing. You shouldn't have been out partying in the streets <sighs> of Philly. Yeah, uh, we weren't really partying. Um, I'm, I'm old now. I can't even like drink during the games or I'll just have to pee the whole game. <laughs> so uh, we went on Tuesday. It was Star Wars night. And pretty much, uh, the oh, I'm clipping, get my audio right. Pretty much, um, what uh, my whole plan for games anymore when I go to games is we go as early as possible to avoid Philly traffic, mm -hmm. get down there, and uh, so we leave around two thirty. We get there right around three. That gives nice. us that's the best time. Gives us like a few hours to drink in the parking lot and eat primo hoagies, hoagies, toss football around. Uh, while, you know, they wait for gates open. Then we get in. Um, she got, we had to wait in line for the Schwarby One Kenobi bobblehead. Do you uh, go in a tailgate lot so you can sit in a chair? Yeah. Or do you yeah. stand like a masochist? The, well, I was going to say the Wells Fargo one we were at for the World Series, but you didn't come. No, I wasn't there for that one. You skipped it on me. You were invited. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But, you know, kids had to. Turned it down. Trick or treat. I, I told her uh, this year, uh, knock on wood, uh, I don't care what trick-or-treat night is. They can resent me for 20 years. I'm going. And I got a deathly stare. And uh, <laughs> so it's whatever happens, no matter what, if the opportunity arises, I'm not, I won't be again. You mean you're not going? No. Yeah, no. no, no trick-or-treat night. No. Absolutely no one expected you to go. No. I like to think of it, you know, I didn't, my kids had trick-or-treat night. Jimmy Rollins couldn't throw out the first pitch because his kids had trick-or-treat night, you know? So we true. both missed a World Series. Yes. that And it was you, the best game yeah. to be at. Yeah. Yeah. But nonetheless, yeah. we were there. And so during the game, we get in. And once we get in the stadium, I only have a wa sip of water. And I, so I only got up to pee one time. I was in my seat the entire rest of the game. Wow. Yeah. It's funny. Like, if I'm, if I were to take even a sip of water, if I did the same thing, I'd still have to get up and pee. But if I, if I'm working a game and I can chug like nine bottles of water over the course of a game, I don't have to go to the bathroom until the game's over and I walk out. If I think if I stand the entire time, I'm okay. Yeah. So that was good. It's, the Phillies. It's, it's the crunching of the bladder. Maybe the Phillies came back and won it, so that was fun. And uh, drove home, made it back in under an hour from Philly to the house. It was like a minute under, a minute or two under an hour, but it was still under an hour. Damn. Yeah, it's a pretty good time. Mm-hmm. Wait, it, it technically should be about forty-five minutes from Mid County to your house, though, per speed limits. Technically, schmectically. <laughs> no, actually, actually, the um, as we were leaving, Waze said an hour and four minutes. Wow! And I shaved six minutes off of that. So 
Look at you. Nice. Yeah. So it's, yeah, Philly, in all honesty, isn't that far from our house. No. It's just that it's just they built the, one road with two lanes to get into and out of it. <laughs> yeah. So it gets back. It has the occasion uh, hiccup of traffic. Just the occasion. But if you could avoid it's that. Poorly designed. Poorly designed. And there's no way to improve on said poor design. No. Well, if they just pave over that fucking cesspool of a river. Yeah. I, I did feel last week I was lackluster. I didn't even go back and listen. I just felt at the end of it. I was like, I wasn't. I did not have my all. And I'm. you might not get it all again tonight. I'm sorry. I'm still. I, I don't feel like it was. I wouldn't say it was lackluster. It might not have been the most high energy show. We were still coming off of a, a big, uh, big week. We we're, mm. you know. Uh, I just don't think Indiana Jones is the best topic. All right, that too. Yeah, I don't know if MTV is a good topic either, but we'll try. Oh, uh, I got some. I mean, I got some, some stuff that I'm passionate. Life changing moments about. in uh, my list here. I mean, quite frankly, I was banned from watching it till I got old enough to make friends and watch it at their house. So yeah, me too. Hmm. Uh, uh, what what happened? What have we watched? Uh, have you been f- keeping? I know I forced you to watch the original series of Only Murders in the Building, but have you been keeping up with the new season? I didn't even finish the first one. <laughs> well, this is the third. Oh wow! Yeah, and Paul Rudd's in it. Oh, it's like they. Oh, that's right. Well, we saw the trailer, right? Do we know that at the end something? of? Yeah, well, at the end of season two, he's in it. Okay. Yeah, that um, someone is listening to the show and knows that you're out there. You're like, we got this one guy we need to reel in. It's it's like they put him. They, I, I mean, who loved? I, I I think I think Paul Rudd's in everyone's heart now. But I, my man crush from Paul Rudd dates back a long time. I, like, I, do you go to Clueless? No, 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 no. I I I saw the first time I saw Anchorman, I was like, is this guy a comedic genius secretly? And then it was forty year old virgin. I'm like, yes, he is. And then as, since then, and this, that's we're talking a long time. This is that's like oh six oh seven that I've been crushing on Paul Rudd. So it's not quite clueless, but when he emerged as a comedic star, I was like, this guy is fucking funny. And then my favorite, one of my favorite movies of his, I Love You, Man. Um, I I've I watched that probably a hundred times. He's fucking hysterical in that movie. Him and Jason Segel. So yeah, I've I've been, uh, but now it's like he's in everything I love, and and I love Paul Rudd, so I'm, I, I love that. So Ghost Ghostbusters, Avengers, Only Murders in the Building, and he's so fucking great in it. That show is so good. I cannot figure out. I mean, obviously, it's just they're good. Martin Short and Steve Martin are just fucking. They're they're best friends still. And they wanted to do a project, and they came up with this project. And it's no one was casting him really in anything the, to the the casting detriment, their detriment. Now they have the show that they own and they're fucking great in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like it. It's just I and if I'm watching it, I, I will watch it and I enjoy it and I'll watch the next one. But if I then stop. Like I don't go like oh I gotta go okay back. so th- so I have I have that with a few shows so that that means I I, I kill it I I'm like I, I'm not into it I'm not wasting my time finishing it. No, it's still it's still enjoyable though. Like when I watch it, I laugh. And yeah, but I feel like if it's it a does. show, and we've talked about this before, if it's a show that I'm not like dying to see the next episode, 
mm-hmm. then like I don't really know if I'm gonna continue watching Ahsoka. Uh, it was good, but at the end of it, I didn't really give a flying fuck about what was happening. You well, you there. There's so much fan service to shows you. Didn't I am so watch. fucking sick of fan service. Can we make some new shit? Without uh, fucking fan service, right, well, have they not beaten the fan right, service to death with Star right, Wars? Maybe let's not call it fan service. This is a continuation of Rebels, basically. Yeah. It's 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 kind of I was thinking about it, it's kind of odd. Well, why not do an animated continuation of Rebels? Why make it? Why spend all that money on a live action show? Uh, I don't know. When you introduce the character in, um. Was it Boba Fett or Mandalorian? Who's that? Ahsoka's live action introduction. It was Mando, right? Uh, it was Mando, yeah. But she was in Boba Fett too in the in the Mando episodes with Luke. Yes. Which happened years prior to this. This happens right at like after episode. I, I don't know what's the timeline. This seems like it's like right around Force Awakens. I don't know. You know what? I don't care. It, it, it <laughs> That's actually our... doesn't. It 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 doesn't do a great job of telling you. And it also you almost overlook like the actual like a New Hope, Empire, and Jedi. Like they, they take place between Rebels and and this. It's almost like it never happened. Like the most important movies that everything is built around. Like you're, you don't even get a reference. Like everything is based off of Filoni's uh, world, his Clone Wars and Rebels, and it's like you don't even mention. Like I, I don't know, I'm, I'm not, I don't care. Any of that. I really don't, I'm, and I probably won't watch. Just like I, I didn't watch what was that Andor, and I'm, I didn't finish even season three of Man. Oh, I'm fuck. I loved Man. Uh, Andor. I'm kind of fucking sick of Star Wars. It needs to go away. We used to not get a new movie for like 25 years. Now mm-hmm. it's like something new every fucking week. And I'm, I'm just like, you know what? I'm sick of it. I'm not interested. Uh, well, it's fine. You just you pick and choose. Not everyone is sick of it. Yeah, well, they are because no one's watching them. <laughs> uh, you just you just pick and choose. No one watched Andor. <laughs> they had to put it on FX. No, 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 no. <laughs> no one watched Andor because it was too good. It doesn't. It it doesn't mean why. It doesn't fucking matter why no one watched it. What matters is no one watched it. Well, that's on them. All right. It's still no, no one, one watched it. So they they no knew. One, it. No one watched Sports Night ever, but that either. But that show was fucking great. That's true, but it doesn't matter. No one watched it. Right. It doesn't matter to me though that no one watched it, and or was still fucking great. The prison sequences. Oh my god! You didn't even make it that far, did you? Nope. Ah. Oh, God, it's some. It's probably the best Star Wars there is. No, it's not even Star Wars. The best it Star is Wars there is are four, five, and six. Everything else is just tertiary. No, you mean three, four, five, and six? Three, four, five, and six. Yeah. Three sucked. <laughs> yeah, I know. Four, five, and six. It's terrible. No. Four, five, and six. Uh, no, Star Wars, uh, Empire. Five, four. I would go Je- five, four, and six. Well, yeah, in order of... I like 4 still. 4 is, I fucking can watch New Hope. Oh, no, New Hope's great. Uh, Star Wars. I can watch Star Wars, the movie, over and over and over and over. Yeah. But, um, 
yeah, nothing else. Do, I, do, do, do we watch 1, 2, and 3 over and over and over? Do I watch 7, 8, 9 over and over? Do I watch any of the fucking stuff that came out over and over Ooh. and over? No. Uh, hmm. No. No. Probably watched Phantom Menace more. I watch Phantom Menace more than any of them just because of my job. And and also like the time uh, of it coming out, like it was still like well, the same. That was the, that was the only new Star Wars you had, so you watched the shit out of it. That was the almost same effect as Force Awakens. You liked it when it came out because you're like, oh, there hasn't been a Star Wars movie in fucking twenty years. This is great. Yeah. And then you're like, you see the second one, you're like, oh, this is still good. And the third one, oh, the fan service. Uh, and then you, no. the collectiveness of the three, you're like, these fucking were shit. They told no story. Yeah. Why the fuck did they bring the Empire Emperor back? What the fuck was up with no Snoke? The, the worst part is why they. Consist, I'm sorry. You had all all of this, uh, all of these books, all this stuff written, and they just threw it out. They said none of this is canon, and you started from scratch. Just making, I think they backtracked on none of this is canon. A lot of it, yes. Yeah, they're like, wait, 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 wait. We're kidding. This is canon. Yeah. But um. Seven like had so much promise. Like Finn, what what was he even in the movies for? That, that you had such a cool character. You had a guy that was a fucking stormtrooper. He trooper. defected from a stormtrooper because he felt something. That is cool. And you do nothing with that. Ray he absolutely drove a, him in the ground. A, a a lost girl who has powers of the fucking force. Explain that story so that fucking jerk oh, jerkwad we, fucking did. clearly she's the emperor's granddaughter. Oh my god, that is so fucking stupid. <laughs> Kylo Ren was such a fucking badass in the first movie. Uh huh. Yeah. And yeah. And, a, and a whiny bitch in a way where you're like, yes, and then it's like, yeah, he played the chicken shit heel. Yeah. And then no, no. It ruined it all. It ruined it all. Then Luke Skywalker. Let's ruin him too. Yeah. Hey, we 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 can do something where Luke can like save everyone from far away, but he has to die. Wait, what? Yeah, they could have made his death mean something better and, yeah, and be more have. important. Or you have the opportunity to kill Leia off in a meaningful way when it should be necessary to do so because she's dead. Instead, all of a sudden, she flies through space frozen. What the fuck was that? Yeah. yeah. Now we get our Star Wars rant out of the way. Yeah, for, for this is our Star Wars show, right? Um, yes, this is our Star Wars show. But I'm I'm I enjoyed Ahsoka. I like the. I, well, I liked Clone Wars and I liked Rebels. So for it to continue, I'm I'm happy with that. I, I liked how it started. It gave a little instead of like scrolling, like parallax. They did did a cool just. On, on the screen, scroll. Okay, there's mm -hmm. the backstory. Um, then it starts off pretty cool with fucking a couple Siths breaking into a ship, killing everybody. Like, all right, this is fucking Star Wars. And then it's... Yeah. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it was. What's, what's not Star Wars about it? There's too much plot. But that's no. all of it. The first three movies were very fucking simple. Well, yeah, it's because they were written by a very simple man. <laughs> but but it hasn't been simple since then. 
Okay. And you don't say, well, that's not Star Wars, because you can argue that one, two, and three are Star Wars, and that was all about the intricacies of fucking government. I'm just saying it's not popular Star Wars. The first, the first three movies, four, five, and six, those were, I guess they all were successful, but those are what everyone loved. And then they just got, they, they're like, we have to continue it, but we have to get complicated about it. Yeah, one, two, and three are like Senate fucking, and they're watching Star Wars C-SPAN. Yeah, that that's and that's all George. Two being the worst of them. Yeah, no, I'm not giving him any credit. Trust me, he sucks. He had a good idea <laughs> with the first movie, and then he had help making the second two. Then he went off the rails, and then the biggest fucking George Lucas apologist, Dave Filoni, it now runs the ship. And he's like, "Let's get it more complicated." Oh, Clone Wars is so good. You're missing out. To you. Yeah. Well, always uh, sunny in the building and murders in the sunny is good to you. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm yeah. saying. To oh, me, it's okay. just exhausting. And I like lighthearted affair and less, less intricate. Well, that's why they put Chopper in there. And you didn't even know he was there. I, I don't even know what Chopper's now. talking about. He's Who? the little droid. He's the droid that plants the tracking bug. What? Did you not watch the second episode? No, nah, there was a second one. Yeah, they dropped both. Oh no, no, I only watched one. Sorry. Oh Jesus. That's why I didn't see any chopper. <laughs> oh, you're gonna be really. If, if you thought, wait, you thought the first one was too plot heavy. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Yeah. And what this. is with the fucking rock star, Asian girl? Like, that is just. Uh... Who Sabine? Yes. Yeah, she's fucking awesome. Watch Rebels. Uh, so she, fucking... It's not just some random character. She's been around for like 10, 15 years. Yeah, but no one in the Star Wars universe would act like that. But she does. She always has. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean act like that? <sighs> I don't know. Like the ride you the mean, motorcycle. You the, mean like the, Anakin the land did? Speeder. You mean like Anakin did in the fucking first three garbage movies? Yes. Yeah. I hate Sam. You can't can't call. (laughs) No, don't try to like defend this with that because I hate that too. Uh, That's fine. I'm not. I'm not trying to defend it from you. You're just trying to say it's not Star Wars. Well, it's not what I think Star Wars is. All right, boomer. Yeah, give me the boomer. Give me the Gen X title of my Star Wars. <laughs> All right. You're, you're not Gen X. You're still I'm not, millennial. I'm as much as you hate to admit it. Where that you're in that weird bubble. I'm I'm gonna say this right now. I don't like Star Wars as much as everyone else. I never did. I liked it. I never really collected the toys. Oh, I had I well, I was spoiled squeezer, so I had them all. Right. I was I was much more I mean, very few people could... You really like Star Trek. I get it. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think I was more into comic books. And it's sure. why when we're at New York Comic Con and I see like Jim Lee and fucking Ned Brubaker, I'm like, oh my God. And you're like, who? what, that middle-aged man? Why are you pointing, <laughs> why are you pointing at him? Is he in line for coffee? <laughs> uh, it's, that's, that's what I idolized growing up, you know? Yeah. Those books and those artists and the drawings and... I, I read those Star Wars books, like the ones that they made non-canon. Like, oh, I read all those. God, that'd be like, 
Like if I was like punished and banished to hell, you have to read a Star Wars novel. No, does it matter what the content was, or just that there are no pretty pictures? Uh, yeah, back then, unless it was like a Stephen King or Michael Crichton book, no, thank you. Or uh, R.L. Stein, that was an easy read. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm I just, I was, I was I'm, I'm not like I like Star Wars, but I'm just not that. I, I'm I'm coming to terms with the fact that I've never been. And I don't think I ever will be as big of a fan as the biggest hardcore art in Star Wars fans. You know way more about the universe and, than I do. And that's just a, the proof of a fandom. And and good good for you for just it for just going with that. And not there there are ones that maybe they are fans or feel the same way as you that they don't like all the new stuff, but rather than just move on or not consider themselves a fan of the new stuff just get so fucking angry about it no i still love the first three movies they'll never ruin it for me and i just yeah. rewatched them again like not too long but, ago but, but new things happened so those don't exist anymore how can you <laughs> just enjoy that also i'll give them this advice that i think marvel should heed too i think you're doing too much oh yeah and you're oversaturating and you're losing the people like me so instead, when I got really excited and bought tickets and bought merch and bought things for Force Awakens, because I was like, oh, my God, this is exciting, a new movie. It's like, oh, my God, there's more Star Wars to watch. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Marvel is they need to throttle back. I don't disagree. I think they should. But they never will, because as no. long as it still makes money. Right. I'm not running the printing press, and I, I am not. I think they could throttle back and still do stuff. I don't know. I think it might have been a mistake to start doing series on Disney for both IPs. Hmm. They're not making money on it. No. And it doesn't feel special anymore. Remember Mando, the first season? That was special. Like it was Mando like, the first uh, season uh, was good. That was really good. But it was good. It was, it was good because it, it it followed tropes of old sitcoms, like old fucking serial. Like there was a Western where he would go into the town, fucking destroy the heavy, you know, beat up on the heavy, save the day, and move on to the next town. That's like old 1950s, 60s serial television to a T. And there was a reason why that was successful back then because it's, it's a trope that people enjoy. And it's easily digestible. It was very easily digestible. Um, you didn't feel like you needed the overarching, the 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 burden of an overarching story. Like, oh, I got to watch all of these. It was like, oh, I'm going to tune in to see which heavy he beats up on this week. Yeah. And they did a very good job of telling a small story through these, you know, visit this this Western. It's, it's very much like Bounty Law, the fake show on fucking um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I mean, and to like your point, and I, I will, Ahsoka's, uh, like the clear uh, antithesis of that is not only is it a week to week, like, serial, like you have this overarching story, everything's woven in and tied to other stuff, but it all goes back to an animated show that ran 15 years ago. Yeah. I also think they're too long. I think oh, yeah. Mandalorian was occasionally you had like a 45 minute episode, but normally they're like 25. Yeah. And I like that. I think everything in Hollywood is too long. And I'm saying this with talking about one of my favorite movies, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. 
and and <laughs> two guys that are going to end up going like three hours tonight yeah. um, talking nonsense. But at, but yeah, like I almost don't want to go and start a show because I don't want to give it like oh I got to watch like I knew there were two episodes. I'm like fuck, that's two hours right there. That yeah, I knew it was going to be down, and it could have been the whole that two hours probably could have been told in forty minutes. Yeah, and it's two hours where I have to like pay attention. Whereas, yeah. like now, I I started going back and rewatching Always Sunny from like season one, and I can just put it on. It's you know twenty two minutes, and I can walk around the house because I've seen them, and I'm not going to miss anything. And if I do, I thought I don't you just be watching. Made fun of me because you don't like Always Sunny in the Bill, the Always Sunny in Philadelphia. What's that? Didn't you just I love make Always fun Sunny of Sunny in Philadelphia? Why did you just no, make fun I of made... me for liking Always Sunny? No, I made fun of uh, Only Murders in the Building. Oh, you you made it seem like you were making fun of both. No, I kind of was, but I'm allowed to make fun of things that I like as well. Okay. I make fun of myself, and I like me. Always Sunny Philadelphia is very dumb, but it's the reason why I love it, and they want to be dumb. Uh, Only Murders in the Building, it feeds you a story, but there's so much like charm and doofiness in it. I get that. That it it keeps me, and it's 26 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It makes there's a reason why they call it comfort television. Why you want to go back and watch, um, the Community, The Office, Parks and Recreation, Thirty Rock, whatever Seinfeld, King of the Hill, Simpsons. Yeah, Mrs. Squeezer has probably watched Parks and Rec over. She probably goes through the entire series at least twice a year. Yeah, I just restarted it the other day too like, when I had she, nothing else. She'll to watch. watch one series and then she'll go and watch Parks. It's like and a Rec. sorbet. Like Clean a the sorbet. palate, yeah. Well, see, she she usually skips season one, so she'll go from season two, and then you know, I through, so let me give. Can you give her this advice for me? Hmm. I always skip season one. Also, yeah. This time I started with season one. It's not it's not skip worthy. It's good. Season two is great. It sets up so many good like yeah jokes throughout that run throughout the whole series. Fucking uh, Wiz Palace. I still use that today to refer to the bathroom. <laughs> And it was a joke set up in a great episode where she's going on a mock date with Anne because she's got a date with Louis C.K.'s cop character, Dave, coming up. And she gets so nervous, she says she has to go to the uh, Wiz Palace. (laughs) (laughs) But they keep referring to the bathroom as the Wiz Palace throughout the series. Um, But yeah, I I definitely... I started Parks and Rack, and season one is is good, though. There's some... Oh, no, I don't disagree. It's still... the real hardy hards. I, I think it kicks in three when they kick fucking the city planner out finally. Oh yeah. And well, you still no. I thought that was after season one. No, he's in season two because Anne dates season him in season two. two. Remember, bastard. Yeah, but uh, yeah, then they brought in the uber handsome Chris Traeger and uh, Ben. What's his name? Wyatt. Ben Wyatt. And that they just wrote him off the show. Yeah. Um. It's gotta suck when you like you leave and then the like it just gels afterward. I don't. I feel like it, it, he didn't detract from the show. You could have left him in. There's no room for him. No. But it was he, really he, Rob Lowe that he's kind of hated. Like you don't need him. Every every other character serves yeah. a purpose. They serve a purpose. He was is, just is lovable. Yeah, he was smug and he 
you know, he, he, when, when Leslie Knope becomes like someone you love so much in the series, the more you hate him for just yeah. shitting and on he, her. And he kind of plays the straight man in a show where you don't need one. Well, yeah, but you have Ron Swanson for that. But he, he's not even a straight man. He's odd in his own sense. He was like, he was almost too normal. He was, he was too normal. And he, he like, he looked down on the characters and, yeah. and then you love them and you don't want to look down on the characters. Yeah. Plus he likes shit on Leslie Nope and Leslie Nope was, Leslie Nope started the series as Michael Scott, but that it quickly evolved from that. Yeah. Like she was not the joke of this show. Like you loved her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are we doing? Dissecting 2000s TV here? <laughs> I mean, eventually we're going to get there. Yeah. Eventually. I don't know what other, I mean, the wrestling news. Oh my God, Bray Wyatt today. Yeah. Jake texts me. Was... Poor kid, man, 36 years old. I mean, I yeah. I say kid, he was our age. <laughs> uh, no, he's younger than us. 36. 36. That's younger. That's four years younger than you and five years younger than me. Yeah. That's not younger. that younger. No. He's not still, a kid. But to die of a heart attack? No. It's a lot younger. Yes. Uh, um, from COVID. Uh, yeah. That's really fucked up. I guess they didn't really disclose all this time why it wasn't, you know, it was like creative issues, this, that. It seemed to use had serious health problems after all that. <sighs> yeah. Fucking be, bummer, man. Yeah. And a fu- for fucking IRS to call Triple H to, hey, my son died. Yeah, I know. And for us to refer to him by his most popular gimmick, which is also the lamest gimmick. <laughs> but I loved it. But. Sorry, Mike Rotunda. Um, but uh, even Sadar, the Funker, man. Ugh. Today, Enchantress was, was like, oh, but 76 is still young. I go, 76 is not young for guys who have been through that many Japanese death matches. No, he's, he has miles. Right, yeah. The guy has lived more than you and I ever will. Uh, Pritchard, my horse is sick. I'm on a plane. I'm not going to make the match. Your mother's a whore. I mean, for anyone who liked any of the faces of Foley, well, two of the three faces of Foley, Mankind and... Uh, Cactus Jack, but more specifically Mankind, you could thank uh, Terry motherfucking Funk. Jane, Jane Saul, Charlie, Pritchard, we had this kid who gave haircuts back in Texas, used to butcher us, we called him Jane Saul, Charlie, that's who I think my character should be. That was one of my favorite iterations of Funk, when he came in. As Chainsaw oh. Charlie with with um, Cactus and they fought yeah. the outlaws. The that was the, that was some of the best wrestling. That was some the that best wrestling. No, no, sorry, not best wrestling. <laughs> the best sports entertainment. That was exactly that's what that was. Oh, Even Road Dog will admit he might not be the best wrestler, but he was one of the best sports entertainers. And that was some <laughs> good sports entertaining. Uh, that that put like as a kid. When they pushed them off in the dumpster, mm-hmm. like I thought they were dead. Mm-hmm. So well, that to be fair, 
they thought they were dead too. That was twenty five years ago, so he was fucking fifty. <laughs> yeah. Doing that. That's insane, man. He kept going forever. Yeah. Rest in peace, Funker, man. You lived your fucking life. I mean, he he had like how many retirement matches? Uh, I'm pretty sure like every match, like probably mid '90s on, was a retirement match. He kept doing. He did like retirement matches in Texas all the time, though, where he'd bring people down, and and Vince would let anyone go down and wrestle for for Terry, you know, for the Funker. Um, so this is my last match, Vince. Can you send Hitman? Um, so yeah, uh, rest in peace, Funker, dude. I mean. Pre-rad years, rad years, and post-rad years fame. He uh, was uh, the original. I mean, he fucking was one of the reasons. He was one of the thing, uh, wrestlers who put ECW on the map. Like, after it mm-hmm. went from Eastern to Extreme. Like, he helped Paul Eve make, make it what it was. He was there for him to do it. ECW. That's, I remember watching the fucking Stranglemania tapes with uh, Insane Clown Posse, and those were my favorite fucking tapes. They would they would just illegally rebroadcast Japanese death matches with between Cactus Jack and Terry Funk and mm-hmm. Leatherface. I'm just shooting tapes. Sorry, I was looking. I might have. I gotta go through. I have the original Stranglemania VHS somewhere. I might. I have all this, all these uh, RF videos, tapes and stuff going way back. Well, yeah, uh, Stranglemania was an RF video. Stranglemania was very illegal. (laughs) They um they didn't have the rights to any of that stuff, and I think those tapes go Funkers on the front, like full of blood, and uh, it's like narrated by ICP. And it was it came out in '99, and I bought it at a swap meet, and it, it was just we'd get high and, and like watch it. It was so much fun. It's probably on fucking YouTube. Let's see what it's going for on eBay. No, it's not even on eBay. Yeah, these are tough to get. I should dig mine out. Definitely in a box somewhere. Strangle Mania. Um, Strangle Mania 2 goes for $20. Strangle Mania 1 and 2 goes for $55. Ooh. I never I had th- two. I only had one. Who thought that would have been an investment? I didn't buy it for an investment. I bought. I just watched the fucking <laughs> shit out of it. It was from Psychopathic Video Presents. Yeah, it was put out by ICP. Nice. ICP, and they're fucking hysterical commentating on it. They like bought all this or got all this video from Japan of these death matches and they put it on a VHS. Good shit, pal. God damn. I think it's Vince McMahon's birthday today, by the way. Is it really? I'm checking. Let me verify. August 24th, 1945. He's 78 today. God damn, pal. God damn. 
the genetic jackhammer. He's uh, listed at six foot two, two forty eight. Unlike Donald Trump, who's listed at six foot two, two hundred and fifteen pounds. <laughs> Very thin, very thin. A lot of people love how thin I am. Not like two, that two, fat nerd. 215? He said he was... So I guess he self-reported today when he turned himself in. Yeah, with his strawberry hair. His strawberry hair. <laughs> yeah, now he, and Jake Tapper's like, I, I've never seen strawberry on a form. And he's like, he reported himself as 6'2 or 6'3 and 215 pounds. That, wow, that blew up. Because, you know, there was... I'm I'm assuming you know that there was money going on that. There there was money. There was money. Yeah. So uh, a lot of people. I wonder if if you knew that it was going to be reported like a wrestling weight. Right. Um. Although usually you go up. You go up. Yeah. Um. I'm, I'm sorry. Triple Triple H wasn't coming out at two hundred and like sixty two hundred and thirty pounds. Right. Um. A lot of people tell me. Oh, hold on. Let me get my trumpet. A lot of people don't. I got to get it right. Uh, hold on. Yeah, it sounded like you hurt yourself there. Yeah. Uh, we love scales. We love them. We love them a lot. I I turned myself. I'm too raspy. You are very raspy. Yeah. I turned myself. In. What can I say? Hold on. Let me think of something that Trump says. I got to get bombastic. Hold on. Let me get away from the mic a bit because I'm going to yell. A lot of people tell me, a lot of people, they come and they say, Donald, we, lo we love how thin you are, you're so thin. How do we get, what do you eat? And I say, it's Kentucky Fried Chicken, McDonald's, Diet Coke, I love Diet Coke, drink it all day, magic elixir, not like that fat turd, Chris Christie, oh my God, he looks like Penguin from the bad <laughs> Batman movie. Kind of had it. I don't it, do it. It was there, and it, uh, yeah, you got this rasp. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's from all that celebrating down in uh, mm, Philly. Mm. He's kind of raspy sometimes though, when he's like Melania. <laughs> you know, he says that Melania. It's like a like a Doppler effect. <laughs> <laughs> Melania. He's <laughs> like trying to. It's like me trying to troll my R's. Mm. <laughs> It's like, we all love it. Melania told me the other day. <laughs> so he's got, he does have that raspy Doppler effect tonic sometimes going in his voice. But yeah, that was interesting. I don't, I don't know why it was national news. <laughs> I, get, I guess I do, do know why, but I mean, yeah. I try not to follow anything that isn't wrestlers dying, quite frankly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what about how how do you feel knowing that your uh, childhood uh, your first like career fucking Subway is no longer its own independent yeah, sovereign a, sandwich company. It's it's a it's a brother company with a fucking conglomerate that owns Jimmy John's. I, I you know what quite quite frankly I'm going to admit that I, I am surprised it. I assumed it was part of the conglomerate by now. So yeah. kudos for lasting this long. Oh, there was a, a a great fucking. Uh, and they got a whole bunch. They got billions, like nine billion, right? I think we we talked about this before, but John Oliver did a whole episode just tearing in the subway how awful they were though. To be a, a 
what do you call those people? Sandwich artists? No, no, no. But the uh, franchisees. Oh, like really? The hell that they go. Yeah. And uh, they, they will, Subway will open up another franchise right next to you just to basically fuck with you and run you out of business. And they don't care. Hmm. Yeah. Listen, I have nothing. When I worked there, I can, I honestly couldn't say a bad thing, and it could just be the franchisees I, I work for. Like, oh, we, sure. we kept it fucking immaculate. The food was all like perfect. It was all thrown out if it was sat too long. It was all temperature checked regularly. It was we cleaned constantly. All we did in our downtime was clean. Jesus Christ! It was it was like immaculate. And this was the subway inside a gas station. Oh oh yeah. But yeah, it's not it's not like a subway inside a Walmart. No, we constantly cleaned and we constantly made sure like everything. We checked every little like we had to pull out the the the, the freezer the like in the fridge where we stored the dough and clean that like once a week. We had to clean the proofer, then the oven. All the dishes. I love doing dishes, it's my favorite thing. Um Oh yeah, cuz it got you had to do any other stuff and you were alone. Uh, I liked, re- there really wasn't a job I didn't like at Subway. Like, I loved making sandwiches, like, filling the bins. I I, I just really enjoyed the, the work. I, I used it. to volunteer when I worked up at summer camp. Like, I would be the first one to go, I'll I'll be on dish duty tonight. Because it got me out of teaching night classes. So someone would have to cover for me. And then I would just hang out with the kitchen staff, which were just a bunch of stoners. Uh, and just listen to the radio. Oh, that's all I, I did. Dishes. I was high and I listened to the radio, yeah. And I did dishes. We smoked out back, but I we like meticulously took and con- like care of everything, and it wasn't just like rinse our hands under, um, like water when someone came up. Like we sat there and made like a show. We had to wash our hands before every. This was pre gloves, but we had the which you know it's probably cleaner just sitting there and thoroughly washing your hands. Wow, this four capitals a fucking monster. Yeah. Because it, it, it's not they they just say it's like oh it's the same guys that have Dunkin' Donuts. No no no, it's a different company that owns Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts is in the article mentioned, but it's because it it, it was the highest fast food buyout by a, a company before Subway. It's not the same company that owns Dunkin' Donuts. But Dunkin' Donuts is owned by Inspire. Yes. Which is owned by Rourke. Mm, are you sure? Yeah. Inspire is owner of Rourke Capital Group, yeah. It's a subsidiary. I guess. Fuck. They're fucking so they got all the anytime fitness, batteries plus bulbs, which is awesome. Uh Cheesecake Factory, all the CKE restaurants. So Carl's, Hardy's, Green and Red Burrito, I don't know what the hell that is. This that's probably out west. Oh, Tennessee. Culver's is in Florida. Culver's. Carvel's here. Buffalo Watch, Triple Dub. Yeah, but then if you look down at these driven brands, they own Mako and Meineke. <laughs> and then yeah, Auntie Anne's, Carvel, Cinnabon, Jamba. Oh, it's Jamba now, by the way. Did you know that? They're no longer Jamba Juice. Just Jamba. Well, it's no longer Dunkin' yeah. Donuts. It's just Dunkin'. It's just Dunkin'. Yeah, they just they own just Jamba. Mary Maids and Miller. They own Moe's. You're gonna. There's a Jamba coming, a Jamba. That makes sense why a Jamba and an Auntie Anne's is going into the uh, uh, Tillman Street Plaza. The Jamba's already there. Oh, now they're, they're, I just, think they're, they're just adding the Auntie Anne's to it. Yeah. Okay, they're remodeling. Yeah. Yeah. 
what what's mathnasium? What the hell is that? Mathnasium. I like how they I like how they eat math oh mathnasium. I like how it's either uh horrible restaurants or fitness clubs. Mm-hmm. Like Arby's, Buffalo Wild Wings, Sonic, Jimmy Dunn's, Duncan. I mean, look, these are all delicious. <laughs> Miller's Ale House. I didn't know they owned. Look at that. They I own a I've lot of been, things by us that I don't there. go to. Um, I used to. We used to go to Moe's all the time, but their like quality just died. I know you still oh, go. Oh, huge, big time, big drop. Yeah. And it, nothing to do with. Uh, Harry beard guy. No, no. I well, I, he's the reason I stopped going. But yeah, I went but back. It was I, after him, the new owners. Yeah. It just it's horrible there now. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it, it's worth driving it all the way back in the town on the other side of town and go to fucking Cali Burrito. I just make my own at home. <laughs> oh, and Service Master. <laughs> oh yeah. That's that's just weird. Like, like all these restaurants and oh yeah, Service Master. So when, well, they own a moving two men in a truck moving company, some sports uni, unibands, U.S. Baseball Academy, the Bar Method, which is a fitness club, a lot of oil changing. I mean, they must do the research into who the like, you know. I look at this now and I realize Work Capital owns about a third of the entire valley. Yeah, well, they own the lease on a third of the entire valley. Yeah. The rest is warehouses. Yeah, right. All right. Well, uh, I, we should probably start our show. We're talking about chasing classic. What do they call themselves in Strangleman? I think it triple D and Guido sounds right. I don't know off the top of my head. A lot of marijuana back then. <coughs> All right. <coughs> Sorry. Yeah, I gotta open up my YouTube. Uh... I am, we're talking retro MTV, and I am going first. Here's my first pick. Nice. I'm talking MTV's The State. Uh, this show was like the one of the uh, back in we have SNL, but Kids in the Hall and The State and the Upright Citizens Brigade, I think, were like the coolest shows and so many fucking f like funny, successful people have come out of, uh, especially The State. Michael Ian Black, um, Ben Garrett. That a lot of these guys, Todd Holbrook, a lot of these guys want to do, uh, was that Reno 911? Mm hmm. Um, Thomas Lennon, I mean, he's in so much stuff. You can't look, at, look him up. You'll know exactly who it is. Uh, Carrie Kenny, she's hysterical. She was in uh, Reno 911 also with Thomas Lennon. So many funny things. Uh, Ken Marino, who you probably know, um, God, he's in so much. He was in um, uh, Eastbound and Down at the end. He was the the um, why can't I remember anyone's name anymore? Squeezer, how old am I? Uh, 
Oh, uh, yeah, you're getting there. I used to, like, pull this stuff up. Boom, 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 boom. And now I'm just looking on IMDb, not seeing it, and wondering why I'm not seeing it. Was he in East Bound and Down? Was I remembering that wrong? Do, 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 this is oh yeah, he was Guy Young in East Bound and Down in the in the season four. He was the guy who had the a guy who had the talk sports talk show who Kenny took over. Okay. Yeah. It went hot American summer, they're all in. Basically they they did uh made a movie together. Made a movie yeah, together. Just... With Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler. Um mm-hmm. But yes, a lot of funny Guys, and a lot of sketches, like everyone re- remembers, of course, I want to dip my balls in it. <laughs> but I always remember, the Pobas are coming to dinner. <laughs> and they just throw the sauce and the wine everywhere. Oh, no, the Pob is coming tonight. Uh, and a lot of weird stuff. It very much like Kids in the Hall, uh, absurd. And I, I think the show just, they stopped because they wanted to do more stuff. Um, from what I read... It wasn't like like MTV didn't want to do the show anymore. They're just like, no, we don't want to. Uh... Okay, here it is. Contrary to popular belief, says the troops' official FAQ, the show was never canceled for a variety of reasons, including network television politics. The state decided to pursue other interests and establish ourselves as an entity that exists apart from the particular employer TV network. However, CBS optioned to buy the show after its second year on MTV in hopes of increasing viewership among Younger demographics and eventually providing competition against NBC's Saturday Night Live. CBS intended to test the waters with the state's 43rd annual All-Star Halloween special, which aired in primetime in 1995. The special received generally good reviews, and I had taped on VHS. But due to little promotion, it received low ratings. The show was not picked up for further broadcast. Um, MTV offered them a guaranteed contract for 65 additional episodes, but they turned it down um, against their agent's advice. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, did you? And when was that? Like that would have been like when did that go down? Like 97, 98? No, ninety four through ninety five. Why am I saying? Oh, because they had. What was I looking at for? No, the show ended in 95, and the last thing that ever aired was the Halloween special. I remember taping it, because I was like, oh my god, this is the fucking state. Huh. Um, it's it's It aired uh, four seasons. Yeah. Um, all like five, six episodes. 25 episodes total. Uh, I, I was the biggest fan of the fucking state. Very stupid, very surreal humor. That uh... yeah, if like if it was on and I could, I could catch it, I saw. It, but this was a time when you know I wasn't allowed to watch. No, I I so. kind of broke through the barrier by now and was like starting to uh, be allowed to watch. Like they took they like unblocked it. My mm-hmm. mom and my dad unblocked. We're not kids anymore. You know, my brother was fourteen. I was twelve. You know what I mean? It's like. Yeah, I didn't have. We only had cable in two rooms. We had it, and it was the living room, and then the parents' bedroom upstairs. Like my TVs, I didn't have cable down there until later when I figured out how to, you know, find the splitter and t- 
tap off of that for my own room, but uh yeah i got i got a, a small 13 inch tv for christmas one year i know people are like what that was like a big christmas gift shit yeah that was huge um and it's it was tiny as hell but i had my own cable box but not like a discrambler like i couldn't get the pay channels but i was then i would be allowed to watch like mtv and stuff so it was um that's like the state like it was around the time most of the stuff i'm going to be talking about is from like 93 to probably 99 when i just stopped watching mtv altogether Mm -hmm. um the state great show funny show there's a lot of the old sketches on youtube i suggest giving them a watch squeezer Yes. I'm going to get to your picks, but I didn't load them into the clip player. I sent them two days ago. Hmm. Was that your sexy voice? Yeah. It was my exasperated sexy voice. That's how quick it takes to load these now, so here it is. It was a school bus filled with row upon row of corn. No one was listening to the bus driver, and certainly nobody was singing Kumbaya. It was a pretty wild scene when corn spilled out into the street and got knee-deep in a crowd of corn kids who started gathering here at MTV early this morning. Cover your ears, easy listening fans. We're about to rock your fragile world. It's time for Corn TV. (laughs) You do, and you know what we're going to do mostly for this 30 minutes other than unveil the cover and bring out the guy who picked it. I'll ask this little clip in because it's a real douchey question. Sort of turn it over to the the kids and let them ask the questions they want to ask you. We've got the first question right over here behind us. Go ahead. Hey, boys, what's up? I'm Gabrielle. Hello. Hello. Hi, Gabrielle. Sure. The whole album is mad ill. My question is, what <laughs> is the hottest track on the album? Uh, you'll have to be the right. judge of that. Well, we, yeah, one that we have our favorites. We all have our favorites. Cut it. You, yeah, cut, you could see them cringe. Well, look, go, uh, I'm, I met Jonathan Davis doing shows at the Wind Creek. Mm-hmm. He would hang out backstage and just bum cigarettes and like stare at the ground and talk to anybody. You could tell he is a giant fucking nerd who does not like making eye contact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you watch this and you you can tell like they Very were all guy. uncomfortable with this. Yeah. Um, the the entire thing and this was a big like you can clearly tell this was a uh, uh, a record company uh, network let's get together and promote the shit out of this album coming up kind of thing. Um, and yeah, originally this started off as like when it was always cool to see the bands and videos you like do well on like TRL or something. Not that you needed that satisfaction or that proof like, Oh, see, we're, uh, it's good. But, I don't know, it was just neat to see them up there. I mean, the fact that, uh, you know, they had, uh, what, they they held the number three spot for fucking how long that they were the first band to ever get retired? Oh, um, I was, what is this on, TRL? This was, this was, they took over TRL, so. And what uh, year was this? So this was 99. This is yeah. November of 99. Uh, uh, to be honest uh, with you, Squeezer, I definitely was not watching. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm sorry, so, buddy. 
Yeah. Uh, got I didn't know. Life. I didn't know people retired off DRL. No, they were the first. Got the life hmm. was the first uh, to be retired after being on for so long. You're like, let's just make room for you know someone else. Uh, and it was it was a very underground. It was just everyone that liked it just kept putting it out there, putting it out there, and it just I don't. It never actually made number one. I think it stayed at number three for like well, forever. It's ridiculous. Um, but then that was till like January '99. Then yeah, November '99 uh, issues comes out, and they were promoting issues, and they did the whole big album reveal because they had a contest for uh, someone to for a kid to draw the album cover. That's the one with the the you know the doll with the stuffing ripped out of it. Uh, and they, you know, they revealed it on, they took over TRL for like a half hour or it was like a whole big thing. Um, I think it was longer than that because they, they revealed the album cover. They did a Q and a with a bunch of kids that, uh, probably thought you spelled corn with a C. Um, and then they had a bunch of cover bands that would come on and then they judged the cover bands and picked who their best corn cover band was. They were all fucking atrocious. Um, but yeah, it was always... Uh, it was just... I don't know. Putting them on TV always came off as kind of douchey sometimes. A lot of these bands... like, Or maybe it was just with the time it was cool. But you look back now and just... Trying to be cool in the 90s... Was not cool. It, 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 it did not... It, being, being mad ill did not age well. Hmm. Um, hence Woodstock and, 1999. And, yes. Um, <coughs> and, and I don't mean to judge the young lady. That I can't judge what's cool or not cool. I've never been cool. Never, never will. Never, nor ne- never will be cool. Yeah. And I don't mean to judge the young lady that asked the question, but, uh, yeah. but she looked like they took one of the producers from the back in her like mid thirties and said, dress up like an 18-year-old girl and go out there and ask Korn a question. Um, but it was always, these were always so awkward because they're clearly, a, most of your audience is not there to see Korn. They're there because they want to be on TRL, they want to be on TV, and they don't care, and they're going to scream and cheer about everything, and they don't know any song or who anyone from Korn is. But they're there, and they're going to scream and cheer anyway. And if you do ask them a question or ask them to ask a question, you're going to get something like mad ill. But it's kind of like if you you went to like a Maury taping and you got stuck with watching one of the best of recordings where he just does wraparounds. Mm-hmm. That happened to me. It sucked. <laughs> it was the most boring time of my life. At least I got one slice of pizza out of it. <laughs> But yeah, November of 99, yeah, Corn took over. Uh, and, and as you look back, more they had more influence on that show and uh, like all the that time that new metal wave had more screen time than I think than you remember it did. They I, were on a lot. I Lucas would say Corn, not a lot of people realize this, but I I've seen the concerts. They sold out PPL Center in 2020. They out of all those new metal bands, they are still the ones with the most a the most like listenable current songs that, and most radio played songs. 
mm-hmm. um, and still the most <laughs> most drawing of all the bands of the new yeah. metal era. Um, out of all that, yeah, I still I will go back and listen to all of it. There's not much more uh, that I, I dip into. Hmm. We don't want to see Squeezer dip into much, but no, don't, we, I don't we want do to want to see him dip into some new meadow. Yeah. All right. Um. So that's uh, my turn to go. You know? All right. Yeah, it's your turn. Here it is. I let you listen to that um, Mark Mothersbaugh uh, opening song for Liquid Television Why I Violently Sneezed. I think you might have heard the remnants of one until I potted my mic down. Um, <clears throat> Liquid Television was the coolest thing. A, a thing that like, my buddy Matt and I would always want to watch because we were very much in the comics and, and drawing. and uh, I mean, I was the biggest fan of Art Spiegelman's uh, comic compilation Raw. And raw a lot of the uh, so Art Spiegelman, famously known, most famously known, artist of the Garbage Pail Kids, um, but his work on Mouse uh, was phenomenal. We were in Mouse in high school um, about uh, the, the Nazis are the cats and the Jews are the mice. And it, it, if, if, if Spielberg says to this day that Mouse didn't influence uh, an American tale, he is lying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we are big fans of Raw. We'd buy issues of Raw. And, um, like, it was like this underground adult mad magazine almost. And a lot of the Raw stuff, uh, stories and like comics would get drawn and animated and in um, liquid television in a way that i think still influences me sometimes i go back and just watch liquid television shorts just for inspirations i'm like how, oh how did they do this animation like let me go back and watch this uh it, that's how much i fucking love it and i was a big fan of the max i, I love the max comic books it was like a dark fucking uh idw or then image book um and like in the 90s image comic books were the fucking coolest mm-hmm. imprint uh it was jim lee eric lawson rob Life, rob liefield T- tom fucking mcfarland doing uh probably the most popular 90s comic book here that wasn't marvel or dc as in spawn jim valentino and mark Sil- silvestri like Talk about the biggest heavy hitters in comic books, all starting this imprint, all making their own fucking amazing 
uh, books. And and then MTV's like, oh, we're going to animate shorts from the Max. Uh, and Sam Keith was a brilliant uh, <coughs> creator. And obviously Alan Moore wrote on the Max. But this, it's the whole concept of... of on the real world he's a homeless guy who lives in a box but in and outback he's this this like monster protector of the jungle queen who's his social worker in the real world and bails him out of jail whenever he's in jail but she doesn't know about the outback back like julie doesn't know about the outback but max is uh, aware of the outback and like mr gon's a serial rapist with a telepathic link to julie and um god damn like the, the the creators of Batman, the writers of Batman at the time thought it was a, a good enough uh, comical character to get crossovered with Batman. So that's how good the if you have never read any Max books, go read them. the the show on MTV was a little out there sometimes because I really couldn't go into some of the topics that the books. Sorry, I'm a little nasally after sneezing like forty times. Uh-uh. Uh, but Eon Flux. Also uh, started on Liquid Television. Beavis and Butthead started on Liquid Television uh, and got its, uh, you know, its jump start from there. There was so much good stuff on Liquid Television. And uh, I don't know. I just, I always loved seeing the cool um, <coughs> animations and the shorts. And there was all different styles of animation, too. It wasn't just your practical 2D animation, it was sometimes just chalk. <laughs> um, the special and I, I remember watching the head remember the head the guy with yeah. the giant alien in his head oh, yeah. yeah I mean that was a product of liquid television and then they of course they, they went to like art sushi or animation sushi or whatever it is but man all that like seeing being a huge fan of raw magazine and and seeing like the um, artists from raw get animated in liquid television I, I was like Dad, we gotta watch Liquid Day. He's like, oh, this is stupid MTV. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like I said, we'd go, me and my friend Matt would go look for old issues of uh, Raw Magazine, comic book stores and stuff. It's, uh, that's why I wasn't watching Star Wars, Squeezer, <laughs> or reading Star Fair Wars enough. books. I was reading Raw, which was very uh, adult and avant garde. Um, but it was very underground and it felt cool to look at. It felt, you felt like, cooler when you're like oh you're reading x-men well i was reading i was reading ep- uh, issues of raw uh now the chicks love me they didn't they did they thought i was even <laughs> darkier but yeah liquid television i'm going to kill my mic and why i play this and blow my nose s- severely all right you have fun so here's your next pick getting closer is what it's about Introducing Arid Ultra Clear. Solid protection that turns clear the instant it touches your skin. You'd never use it here, but you would here. Because here's the thing. It's got the strongest anti-odor, anti-wetness ingredient ever. It's clearly amazing. So get a little close with the new solid that turns clear from Arid. New Ultra Clear. New Ultra Clear. New Ultra Clear. God, there's so many gimmicks. Um, there was, there's still so many gimmicks. Uh, still so many gimmicks. Um, 
I love but, a but good gimmick. But back then, it was basically just adding glitter <coughs> into your fucking hair gel or whatever, or your deodorant. Or uh, yeah, it was. M- MTV was like the. If you had a product for a stinky a stinky teenager, mm-hmm. uh, MTV was your place to go pitch it. And and WWF. And W. Oh my God. Stridex yeah. like sponsored everything. <laughs> it, 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 Stridex like is like it's like oh the, the Stridex wipe of the night. <laughs> like, yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, Stridex pad. Uh, what was, what was the uh, competitor that they had? Clear so I thought there was another one. Start with an A. Oxyclean. Oxy. No, it wasn't Oxyclean. There was a... no Oxyclean's the. <clears throat> Ma- I wasn't. Was I rubbing maxi pads on my face? <laughs> Maybe. Huh. Uh, yeah, it was Oxy. It was Oxy wipes. Oxy there was Stridex and Oxy wipes. Yeah. Oxy. Yeah, I was an Oxy kid. Yeah. Um. Uh, and Remember, until, we used like, to I use those things constantly. That that's how I would clean myself. Yeah, me too. My face and like the dirt that would come off there. Yeah, but it was still. T- you should have just used like a wet rag with a little bit of soap instead of that alcohol is just drying it out. It's terrible for your skin. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and then all the the different deodorants, and then yeah, just crammed in with you know all the different antiperspirants and like uh, the scent stuff, and uh, you would you would go to school, but so between like the scented deodorant. And then you're just putting on like the scented alcohol wipes on your face. Oh, then the then <clears throat> the half a bottle Axe. of cologne. No, I yeah. mean, Axe came later, but yeah. I discovered but, uh, Polo Sport and Curve in high school, uh, and I did uh, it. Curve, I, I didn't know how to use it sparingly. Too. Oh my god! I would get, you would just douse yourself. You get out of the shower, dry off, and then take another shower in Curve. Mm-hmm. The little gold, the little gold bottle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you just. Or you just have a stack of samples that you ripped out of magazines and just rub it all over yourself. First point is pinpointing. <clears throat> pinpointing, it's the first stop. Next step is washing it off. <laughs> but yeah, uh, MTV was the like, that in the army. I, I went through and I was just looking at old commercial rips, and it was just a ton of. Uh, was it Army of One back then? Uh, no, it wasn't even Army of One yet. Ew, what the hell was there? Uh, I don't know. It made you feel special, like it, like you were gonna make a career out of yourself. Like, oh, I'm gonna go in the army, and then I'm gonna have a career waiting for me when I get out. Then I'm gonna die. Yeah. Well, and maybe if 90s, I'm right? maybe if I'm brought back to life. Yeah, I guess the nineties. You, you, we. Nineties was probably a good time, though. Yeah. Yeah. Then two thousand one happened, and yeah, then it was a bad time. Yeah. Yeah, some poor bastard joined the army in 2000. Like, oh, man, this, look at this. Peace and prosperity for another Peace 20 years. Nothing going on. No. Wait, what happened? <clears throat> oh, uh, Saudi Arabia. Someone from Saudi Arabia bombed us. So, but we're invading Iraq. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. Uh, and then Afghanistan. Uh, yes. yes. Hmm. But it's going to be over soon, right? Never. No. <laughs> In fact, we just pulled out, what, three years ago? <laughs> Not even, barely. Yeah. Barely, yeah. Uh, and and they're yeah, still like, had, should we have? <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's like, clear, uh, you probably shouldn't have done that. Like, I uh, shouldn't have done it in the first place. Right, right, yeah. yeah. You had to rip that Band-Aid off some point. Like, did no one watch Rambo 3? Yeah, no. It's not going to end well. No, no, it's not. No. Um, and then, yeah, I had 
the um, uh, the hair gel. What was uh, fucking what brand did I have? Depp. No, it wasn't. Depp. La looks. La looks. That's what mm. I had, and I I rocked the solid eight. Uh, yeah. Anytime they released a stronger flavor, I went for it. Like yeah, they're like, this is was... sport. A jet fucking engine couldn't even melt this off your hair. Yeah. I'm like, give it to me. I was I was like Kid Chameleon with the with the rhino helmet on. <laughs> just, if if there's a wall in my way, just lean over, hold C for a little bit, and let go. And right, the only thing that gets in my way is the the white shavings that come when it's rustled. Ah, uh, and occasionally yeah, I would steal my dad's uh, brute. He had a thing of brute. Mm. Yeah. Do I, I smell if brute? I ran out of curve. My woman likes me in cologne. But yeah, ah. MTV told me what to buy. Because huh. girl, because girls would apparently like me. I want my, I want my Stradex wipes. All right. All right. Girls still don't like me, but that's okay. Nah, I got, I got. Chandra's might kind of. I, I got the. You got three that like you, kind I, of. I got three. I got five now. So. Five. Yeah. The guinea pigs are girls too. Oh, you got two guinea pigs. Yeah, because you a, know they a pair. Only. Yeah, they're <laughs> supposed to get a pair. Oh man, they're gonna smell. They already do. <laughs> Here's my next. Uh, I gotta. I gotta. Okay. Here we go. Good evening. This is off her first record. Most people don't own it. Thirty years ago, well, almost thirty years ago, November eighteenth, nineteen ninety-three. Nirvana. So months of negotiations and two days of rather tense rehearsals. Nirvana headed to Sony Studios in New York to record their episode of MTV Unplugged, which, in my opinion, is the most important and the only important. Well, not only. There's a few good ones, but this one was the one that changed everything. Right? You agree? Yes. Yeah. Yes. This was the one we all talked about. This is the one we all had the CD of. This was the one. This was in the era where my parents were like, well, let him watch MTV and why is he listening? This is. I don't know. It's hard to talk about how important this was. Kurt Cobain, uh, Chris Novoselic, Pat Smear, and Dave motherfucking Grohl on stage dressed like a couple of fucking dweebs playing performing magic like this this whole performance is fucking insanely good and incredible so this article about the 15 or the 20 year anniversary that was written 10 years ago um talks about uh, at the time of the taping the series had already played host to legends like paul mccartney bruce springsteen and elton john 
and experienced unprecedented success with releases of Eric Clapton Unplugged, an album that sold more than 10 million units worldwide, won six Grammys, including Record, Album, and Song of the Year, and released the douchiest version of Layla. It is. The do- that album's amazing, but that, that version of Layla sucks. Right. Um... Unplugged became a showcase. REM, Boyz II Men, Pearl Jam, etc. had proven a safe space for established artists uh, to shake things up. Um, it says, in short, by 1993, Unplugged's legacy was already secure, but when Nirvana episode aired that December, it was clear to everyone the show's history needed to be rewritten immediately. With their stripped-down, steely set, staunch refusal to play hits like Smells Like Teen Spirits, Space Spirit, and uh, some... Sonor, sonaris s-o-n-s-o-n-o-r-o-u-s say it spell say it for me say it wait say it again Sen- yeah, let's see if i get speech it Sonan- sonorous sonorous covers of songs oh. most have never heard of <clears throat> i i mean now I, I i knew all these songs i, I mean this is like my first nirvana album my own Nirvana had turned what many considered to be the defining performance of the unplugged era, and 20 years later, the assessment still holds. Of course, in the months following that initial broadcast, the legend of Nirvana Unplugged only continued to grow. Kurt Cobain took his life in April 94, making the show one of Nirvana's final television appearances, and his death, well, I'm Courtney might have killed him, fundamentally changed the way the performance reviewed. From the funeral floral arrangements, <clears throat> Stargazer Lilies, Cobain himself picked out to adorn the stage to so the staggering final stanza of Lead Belly's Where Did You Sleep Last Night, where he yells, gasps, and all about gives up the ghost. It was impossible to view this show as anything less than otherworldly. More than just a final performance, it seemed to be a final farewell. Nearly seven months after Cobain's death, um, DJC would release Nirvana, MTV's Unplugged in New York, an album that not only sold more than six million copies in the U.S. making it the band's most successful posthumous effort and won a Grammy but named one of 500 greatest albums of all time by Rolling Stone, the 50th greatest live albums by NME. Its legacy, much like the performance itself, is now set in stone. There is like a whole lot more behind the scenes than um, just that. Uh, In fact, he was supposed to play another guitar, Grandpa. Um, were you with us when we toured the, um, Martin factory? Yeah. And, uh, they pulled out grandpa for granddaddy for us. Uh, no, was I there for that one? I don't know if you were. I, I might've been with, when we were with the Phantoms. Yeah. Yeah. I was there, but I probably wasn't there cause I was probably out shooting someone turning something on a lathe no we we shot it we had it shot i think you were there i was definitely there yeah if you were there because i kept uh i I wasn't moving fast enough because i kept shooting they let me hold it too did you hold it they let um what's his name the goalie strum it but they let me hold it oh i i just remember backing into a tray like a like you would see in like a kitchen like with cookie sheets on it Mm mm-hmm like a cart and one just said there was like just a pe like little pieces of wood on a tray on one shelf and one said Clapton and the next tray down below it said McCarty. Mm-hmm. McCartney. 
I'm like, holy shit. That's magic wood. Yeah, damn right. Those were going to him. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, <clears throat> I, I, I might have to bail out or my voice is going to be gone. Um, <clears throat> Far Out asks if Nirvana's MTV Unplugged was in, in New York was Kurt Cobain's suicide note. I know. I think you're thinking a little too deep into something. That's, that's not true. after the fact kind of shit. But that's uh, that's shooting an arrow and painting a bullseye. That's good. They played about a girl. Uh, come as you are. I, I didn't. I didn't come up with that one. Jesus doesn't want me for a sunbeam by the Vaselines. The man who sold the world by David Bowie, which is probably more popular than his version. Penny yeah. royalty. Dumb Polly on a plane. Something in the way. Uh, plateau and. <clears throat> Plateau by the Meat Puppets, Oh Me by the Meat Puppets, and Lake of Fire by Meat Puppets. All apologies, and Where Did You Sleep Last Night? Uh, arranged by Lead Belly. And um, <clears throat> great, great album. Uh, and we're going to go on to your pick Why I have a drink and clear my throat because... Sheesh. <clears throat> you okay? How, how would Vince say it? Oh, my God. <laughs> this no, 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 don't. Good. Do that. God, it's good. God damn, pal. What an album you got there. I have to get... But we're only on your third pick, and we're fucking like four hours into this goddamn show, yeah, so here, here it is. I just realized I tried to pick mine so I'd go after your, but I fucked that up. Ah, it's okay. We both picked an unplugged. tie in together? I thought for sure you would have picked Devon Unplugged, and when you did it, I'm like, well, I have to talk about it. Well, I figured you were going to. It's the only thing on MTV that ever mattered in a way that, like, mattered. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it mattered, but look, this is still, I, I actually... I was a bigger Alice in Chains fan than I was a Nirvana fan. What? Yeah. I was that guy. I, that fits you. That fits you. Yeah, of course it does. And, and the, uh -huh. the Nirvana fits fits me, I feel. Yeah. And I, don't get me wrong. I, I love Nirvana, and I love that album. And uh, I think I owned it before I owned this one. But, um, yeah, I, I love this. Th this performance, just the way, the look of it, it's just... The, the candles and uh, Lane Staley, like, actors kill to, like, get that look of what someone looks like on the brink of death that <laughs> is somewhere between how, how long did he die till, from this one was made? Oh, uh, it was actually six years later, actually. Oh, okay. This was, yeah, so, it, it, but it was still... He kept himself he going. He was... He was in bad shape. They hadn't played for almost three years, I think, um, prior to this. Um, this is like their first show in like three years. And he was in really bad shape. And it was almost like a, a strategy of getting him just high enough that he wasn't in withdrawal, but also not too high to perform. That's how fucked up it was. 
Like he looked like absolute hell on this stage, but it worked. Like it just, uh, the, unfortunately, it worked. I I would say. Uh, and Jerry Cantrell had food poisoning because he ate a bad hot dog the night before. What year um, was this? So this was '96. Oh, so this was way after Nirvana. So this was yeah. Like, so I would say I wouldn't even say Nirvana changed. I would honestly give that to Eric Clapton because he did yes. he did Tears in Heaven, and that version is what went on the radio. Ugh, God, that's brutal. Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah. See, I, I didn't know Eric Clapton was a badass because I grew up with Delilah playing Tears in Heaven and the Unplugged mm. Layla. So I had no idea what a badass Eric Clapton was until I got my first Derek and the Domino CD, obviously, which mm-hmm. you're named after. And yeah. and I hear, and I'm like, what? This isn't Layla. Yeah. And you listen like the old cream stuff. Yeah. Fuck, man. Yeah. She don't like, she don't like, she don't like. Cocaine. Yeah. Uh, now, now he's he's kind of lost his goddamn mind. But yeah, well, I mean, um, he, he, they all drugs. do. Roger yeah. Waters too. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, but he's really. What's uh, his his thing about Israel, right? I don't know. It's being an occupation, fuck. and yeah. and I don't. know. He's starting to embrace the whole like his whole. It's kind of like Rocco, right? Like, yeah, complete. but like his whole gimmick with the wall, like he was very like anti-fascist because his you know his dad and the war and all that stuff right like, growing up a british kid like fucking hate nazis and now he's like playing the character on stage dressing up as a nazi basically and now he's kind of but he's not playing the character of pink anymore now he's just he kind of wor- getting off as being he, a fascist he, on stage he worked himself on their shoot yeah yeah he's completely lost put his in invinces yeah um but yeah, no, I I love this album, and and that version of Down the Hole, I think the live version of Down the Hole is better than, uh, you know, the version off of uh, off of Dirt. I, I think the live version there is fucking better. Not everything is perfect. Uh, the, the album like it got mixed reviews when it came out, and same with like the performance. But then it was like after the fact as time went on and people realized, oh, this was going to be the only Alice in Chains we're ever really going to have uh, outside of their, you know, releases before that. Like, you know, then they're like, oh, okay, that was pretty good. Because, yeah, so I guess what happened, his, I think it was after this or before this, it was Lane Staley's girlfriend died of an overdose. <laughs> Or like complications from. Oh, this is also uh, one of his last. Stuff. Is one of his last performances. Yeah. So, oh yeah, she. I think she died after, and then he went. It just became an absolute recluse, and like <clears throat> then he might have as well been dead, pretty much. Like he was just an addict, and just. I, I would put in, this this one, Nirvana and Stone Temple Pilots is the three best. Uh, MTV Unplugged. I mean, when you hear, I, I I don't know if you agree or disagree with me, but when you hear, this is a song called Plush. Oh, I mean, yeah. come on, dan yeah. dan. That's almost as pop. That's almost more popular than the actual fucking version of Plush. Yeah, like this yeah. is this is a song called Plush. Scott Weiland was inc- and another fucking drugged out of his mind psychopath. Yep. 
of course, Dylan, uh, Springsteen, McCartney, of course, uh, the Eagles. Well, fuck, well, fuck Springsteen because his wasn't even unplugged because he didn't get the memo. Yeah, he well, yeah he used all amplified it just, instruments. It became plugged. He's yeah. like, I'm ready to do this show, and like it's unplugged. He's like, I don't want to do that. Yeah, the album was called MTV Plugged. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, but I, I've never been, I'm sorry. I've never been a Springsteen fan. I, I don't think I ever will be. I, I I'm nah. sorry to, to crucify me. We're from the fucking Philly, New Jersey area. We should be holes was good too. I like the Courtney love. She might've killed him, but she's talented. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who else? Kiss did one. That was, that was, uh, I don't know if I ever saw the kiss one, but I loved why I God, I loved watching these. So did I. Yeah. Like, even if it wasn't someone I was really into, I would still check it out. Just even just recently, um, uh, 21 Pilots did one, and it was really good. Hmm. Just back in June. Actually, 2022, it says. Oh, but it just the album just came out. <laughs> um, and now, like, anyone could go on YouTube and do this. So Yeah. But uh, back then, you couldn't. And uh, Oh, yeah. I, I forgot. Oh, that. Dashboard and un, un, Confessionals Unplugged album. Oh, my God. That was, like, huge back in 2002 when he did all those fucking songs acoustically unplugged. That was uh, big. I, that, that, wasn't, that was a my scene back then. Oh, uh, the emo scene? Yeah. I was a scene weenie from fucking day one, dude. Oh. I couldn't. I could not. I oh, no. Oh my god! I'm still a, a, a sceny weenie. Like that's why I I like corn and I like I rubbed against the new metal scene just like Dougie. But as soon as the emo uh, scene took hold, I was such a fucking. I I was here for the scene, man, all the way. No, oof, no, I was that, that was a rough time for me because oh yeah, like, you... oh, when new metal kind of new metal kind of slipped away out of the you know it died and then yeah the emo scene took over and i, I was left with uh the old man with what is it, these new songs these kids are listening to these the days the pop punk scene was all uh me dude i fucking loved it in hindsight i enjoy it and if i hear it now i'm like oh yeah you get that you know uh nostalgia thing going on i'll i'll, I'll listen but at the time, I fucking hated it. <laughs> but I pretended to like it because, you know, girls. Um, so I had a bunch of, like, MXPX and shit like that. And... MXPX, they're okay, but... Well, it's because the, the girl liked them, so that's yeah, why I like I was going to say, they're fucking religious. They're straight-edge yeah. religious bullshit. Um, all right. Anything else on the... Uh, no, yeah. So he was... Well, you had asked. He was... Uh, it was 2002 then, I think. He died. Yeah, his yeah his girlfriend died. But this was... The, it there. says this was his last performance. Yeah, because she died, and then he became a recluse. And then, yeah, Speedball got him in 02, I want to say. Bound to get him at some point. But he's, he's the one... All those candles, he, he bought himself. Oh, from a farmer's market in Seattle. Well, yeah. Good set. To, anyone, anyone that can just sing, sit there and sing with sunglasses on, lit by candles, you're 
You're either okay, my book, or way too fucked up, and you need help. Or a little bit of both. A little bit of both. But yeah, love that that show. <laughs> All right, uh, I guess here is my next pick. All right, our next performers with a little jump here. Read a poem. And sort of slap this manuscript down on the desk and basically kind of make fun of myself. I figured, hey, what the hell? I'll let you do that for me. I have better things to do, like throw my hair out. The <laughs> nominees for best video of the year are. <laughs> Bone Thugs in Harmony for the Crossroads. Food Fighters for Big Me. When I talk about it, carries on, reasons only new. Alanis Morissette for Ironic. It's like radio. Smashing Pumpkins for Tonight Tonight. And the best video of the year. The Smashing Pumpkins Tonight Tonight! God damn. I remember watching, first of all, the VMAs, Squeezer. We're talking VMAs. Yeah. And I remember watching the 96 VMAs and feeling like, like, I, like I won something. As weird as that sounds. You know what I mean? I felt vindicated because all, almost every song that was up for best video there is still mm-hmm. on one of my play, even Crossroads, but on Lungs and Harmony. Yeah. But yeah. I loved the Big Me music video. I loved Alanis Morissette. I loved fucking Tonight Tonight, the music video. It was genius. And um, it, it, I mean, the show had Beck performing and No Doubt doing Spiderwebs and Just a Girl. That was the year I went to see No Doubt with Weezer. The Smashing Pumpkins did Tonight Tonight. Fuji's did a melody with Killing Me Softly, Fuji Law, Ready or Not. Metallica came out and did Until It Sleeps. LJ Cool, uh, I'm sorry, LL Cool J did Doing It. Neil Young came out and did The Needle and the Damage Done, one of my fucking favorite songs. Who Need Blowfish performed. Alanis Morissette did Your House. Bush did Machine Head. The Cranberries did Salvation. Oasis came out and did Champagne Supernova. Bone Thugs and Harmony did The Crossroads. And Kiss did Rock and Roll All Night live on this show are you that's like are are you fucking people would pay thousands of dollars to see that lineup at a fucking concert yeah this was the 96 video music awards i remember watching it 
in our computer computer room and going in the school talking about it like tonight tonight one that was the best video yeah i mean my my second was big me because it did the mentos commercial but i i knew as like a a student who wanted to be a filmmaker one day that tonight tonight was the best music video and it won video of the year and fuck man vmas used to be so fucking cool now do they even do it anymore uh, I don't think they do. It marked uh, Tupac Shakur's final public appearance before before being shot four times in drive-by shooting in Las Vegas. Three days later, he was out in New York. Probably talked some shit out there. Yeah, it still looks like it's still going. Uh, it's September 12th. Yeah, yeah no one cares. Um, but yeah, 90, those are just, these are just like fundamental years for me. And, and I, I, I tell there's two albums there that my dad went to at the opening of, of tunes and his, his maroon suburban before he dropped me off at Troxel to get one was the Foo Fighters self-titled and the other was, um, Smashing Pumpkins and Melancholy and Infinite Sadness. And, um, Man, what a fucking album. What a song. I don't know if Billy Corgan has any idea. Even the, the new music Smashing Pumpkins has been doing. It's been showing up on my all playlist on uh, Apple Music. Yeah. And it's pretty good. He's doing good shit lately. Is he? All right. Because oh, I was going to, I was thinking about going out and grabbing it. And then I'm like, eh, I don't know. Going to, oh, you mean on vinyl? Yeah. L- listen to the album first. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. Give it a listen. But, no, that's why. I, that's why I was. I was going. I'm like, oh, yeah. and I listen. I'm like, oh, no, it's good streaming it here. I'm not because I'm not gonna put it back. I'm never gonna fucking listen to it. The two, the two songs I've heard so far, though, on Apple Music, I give thumbs up to. It's they're good fucking songs. Nice. Um, yeah, I remember it was like right before Halloween, uh, when we wanted to get Melancholy, Infinite Sadness, in '95, and like, what's what's with the Smashing Pumpkins? <laughs> you know me. Um, but that that was fucking uh, music back then. It uh, the formative. It, it hasn't changed. I still listen to the same shit. Yep. They they tell you that, and and as a kid, you're like, no, no, I'm gonna grow and find new stuff. And I do. I actually I find new stuff, and but that core of it still still stays with you. Yeah. You always go back to it. I remember we got the Foo Fighters album in the summer. For my, bir- it was right around my birthday. It came out, and he let me put it in. I think the first track was "This Is a Call," maybe. And he's like, "What?" And then I'll stick around, like Dan and Dan. He's like, "What the hell are we listening to?" <laughs> but uh, I was gonna ride my bike, but he said he would drive me because it was early. But yeah, that's uh, VMA is ninety six. Fuck man, good. I mean, it, it's in at the Prudential Center this year. You want to go? In uh, Newark. Yeah. Wow, man. <laughs> Seriously? No. Oh look, it says the twenty nineteen MTV Video Music Awards took place 
on August 26, 2019 in Newark for the first time. So I guess that's where it is now. And and it was back in and then it was at Barclays. And then it's back in it was in Prudential last year and it's back here again. So yeah, they just it's available, so they just use it. Man, this was in Radio City Music Hall, dude. It was fucking I guess it was radio it started in Radio City Music Hall and then it moved to Los Angeles for a few years and then 94 was back in Radio City and then 98 till 97 then 98 Universal and then back to New York City and it was between the the uh, Metropolitan Opera House and Radio City uh, until 2004 when it was at the American Airlines Arena in Miami then Radio City. Then it went to Palms Casino Resort in Las. Oh, that must have been when they were doing the real world out there. Um, and then Los Angeles, Radio City. Then the Nokia Theater, Staples Center. Ooh, then Bark. Then 2013 Barclays Forum, Madison yeah, Garden, Prudential Center. September 12th. Hmm. What do we got in the schedule? Come on, maybe we can, we can, we can be Swifties. Oh yeah, is that she would be the only one I would. Probably, know. I don't know. No, I'm of so it. not cool. I am so not hip. I never have been, never will be. Here's your nope. next pick. It helps to pot it up. If you're gonna be watching football on Super Sunday, give me a hell yeah. If you think halftime shows suck, give me another hell yeah. Then switch your little channel on your TV to MTV's Celebrity Deathmatch, Death Bowl 98. Kathy Lee Gifford versus Howard Stern, RuPaul versus Pamela Anderson Lee, and Hanson versus the Spice Girls. With special appearances by Marv Albert and Marilyn Manson. Open up your own can of whoop ass, and that's the bottom line. Call Stone Cold Seth Stone. Cuts the best promos, but yeah, that was eh, not the beginning because they did one a little before it was a, a one-off. But the first like full episode of Celebrity Deathmatch, uh, the pilot ran on a, as a special uh, during uh, the Super Bowl in who the fuck was in the Super Bowl in '98? Not the Vikings. They <laughs> well, could have been. Well, that was ninety. That was nine. That was ninety nine, right? The ninety eight season when Gary Carter or missed the fucking Gary um, Johnson. What was his name? The kicker who missed the kick. Is it ninety eight or ninety nine? This this would have been January of ninety eight. It was Green Bay and Denver. Oh. Then that the next year was the year the Vikings could have made it. And they did it. They missed the kick. Oh, poor boy. Yeah, Green Bay won. Oh no, Denver won. Mike Shanahan. Yeah. Um next year it was Denver Broncos, Atlanta Falcons. 
Oh yeah, because this was that the, the big John Elway. Uh... Remember, because he he, was, he hadn't had a Super Bowl at like he was talking retirement, but he didn't have a Super Bowl win up until this point. And that was the year the Giants cheated over the Vikings, and then they lost to the Falcons. I think. Of course, the Giants cheated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Over the Vikings, yeah. The Vikings mm-hmm. couldn't just cheat themselves out of a win. So the uh, the Falcons were victorious against the San Francisco 49ers and upset the heavily favored... Oh, they, they beat the Vikings. 15-1 Minnesota Vikings on the road, 30-27 to in overtime. So many... Was this the game that he missed the kick? Yes, and Gary Anderson, that was his name. He was un. He didn't miss a single kick. The entire season. Was it? Or am I? Where is it? Anderson's kick. I don't know. That's Morton Anderson. <laughs> uh, uh, but if you had the choice between uh, watching, it was a 40th anniversary to Motown. Um, and I was. 15 at the time. Six. How old? Wait, how old? 15? Three. Okay, five. Yeah, 15. Uh, yeah, I wasn't interested in the uh, 40th anniversary of. Yes, uh, sorry. Hometown. It was the 1998 NFC Championship game. Gary Anderson missed a field goal for the Minnesota Vikings before Morton Anderson successfully converted his winning. That's what I was confused. It was Gary Anderson. He he missed the kick when he was under. He didn't miss a single kick all season. But yeah, I'm sorry, Motown, you were talking. No, yeah, uh, yeah, I wasn't interested. And I was gonna like Boys to Men uh, really wasn't my thing. Um, Boys to Men, Smokey Robinson, Queen Latifah, Martha Reeves, and The Temptations. Um, so yeah, I I was watching a Celebrity Deathmatch, a Super Bowl uh, special. And it was a Death Bowl 98. And yeah, it was a pretty big card. You got Kathy Lee Gifford versus Howard Stern. And uh, Howard Stern uh, melts her with his uh, corrosive farts. Um, uh, Pamela Anderson uh, defeated RuPaul uh, by, with a shoe to the eye. Um, Marv Albert was the guest commentator on that. And then, uh, yeah, the Spice Girls versus Hanson uh, was, a, I guess, a no contest because uh, a, a certain someone who might be uh, a disreputable fellow now, uh, Marilyn Manson, uh, cut the supports and killed them all. So it's kind of like a win-win there. Wait, what? Uh, like the, oh, yes. the supports for the lighting rig, and uh. it crushed them all and killed them. Spice Girls and Hanson. Hmm. So that was your that was your big card. That's a good. Uh, and then yeah, that that set off a whole. You know, it, it ran for another what four years after that. It was it was perfect timing, and I went back and I watched a few. I'm like. Okay, I get that's a little funny there. That's a little funny there, but it was it, it was a, a time and place for this show, and I was an idiot in high school and thought it was fucking hilarious. Um, 
and yeah, it, it it fit me my personality at the time. I mean, I, I guess it kind of still does. I I feel like now it's I I maybe it's because I'm so jaded and so numb to some ridiculous horrific violence like this that it uh, just isn't the same anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It, I I watch some of them like oh, okay this is it, I feel like this went on too long. Like you these like fights are like you know minutes long. I'm like you can get the whole joke and point across in like thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah, like 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 a like a, a brisk iced tea commercial. If you're gonna do claymation, boom, thirty seconds, hilarious. You know. But yeah, it ended up going. Uh, then they brought it back in two thousand six, uh, for a season. And and that was, I think that was the end of that then, but yeah, of course they had the, you know Stone Cold's there leaving, leaning his uh, weight at the time because fucking monster. This is nineteen ninety eight Stone Cold, um, so he was still even like, I'd say he was at not as high, but like at that crescendo of absolute high. Utmost stone cold going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, then I came back. The next year they did Death Bowl '99. Um, oh, they, they that's right. They did the. Uh, I don't remember Dolly Parton, Jennifer Lopez, but they did the Michael Jackson Madonna matchup. Um, I don't really. I mean, I watched these, but yeah, oh. they were too much. Oh, oh, oh did, did, did the violence uh, affect you negatively? Or you just no, thought it was dumb and didn't it, care? I just thought it was dumb and didn't care. Yeah. I thought it was dumb and I, I don't know. It, it, felt, it was like, like you said, it was a sorbet. It was a sorbet from life. It was just stupid. Um, But I always am a fan of gratuitous, unnecessary violence. Uh, So, yeah, I, I took pleasure in watching it. Was fun, but yeah. At, at this point now, I went back and tried to rewatch a few. I'm like, eh, eh, not all the the, the laughs uh, that uh, I thought it would bring. Yeah, it's kind of dumb, huh? Yeah, that and and the, the, you realize how the parodies of the characters are. Like it, it's not good. Yeah. Like the, the, yeah, they're. They're not exactly, uh, yeah, hitting all the notes like Mariah Carey did to blow up Jim Carrey's head. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, end with, for me, with this. Coming soon on cable, your stereo and TV unite to bring you video music in stereo 24 hours. MTV Music Television. In stereo, you'll never look at music the same way again. Uh, I'm not talking about MTV. I'm talking about MTV.com back in like 95, 96. When you could, like I wanted to watch the clips of Beavis and Butthead and uh, and you you couldn't, we dial up. And my, my, my dad up at his office had one of the first cable modems like broadband. Ooh. So I went up there to watch these and these were like thumbnail squeezer. 
probably mm-hmm. like 30 by 30 pixels and about like 20 seconds of a, of a cup of Beavis and Butthead or like a music video. Tonight, Tonight, it was around 95, 96 because I remember Tonight, Tonight was one of them because I was obsessed with that music video for some reason. I wound up like recording it on VHS and, and then like watching it over and over and over. It's, it's amazing. It was. Um, but MTV.com had these little, and they were like little QuickTime thumbnail it was QuickTime back then. That's we still use QuickTime to this day. That's what's playing um, my clips, QuickTime Player. But it was QuickTime back then on Windows, uh, and you download these little thumbnail videos to watch a music video. But now we can watch like anything and fucking eight K video on the internet. It's just kids don't understand where we came from. <laughs> Started at the bottom. Now we're here. I saved it for last because I didn't have a lot to say. But MTV, oh, there's some enough. good things. Let's uh, close out our two-hour show here with your last pick. I can go about two I hours in this. How dare you sneeze over David Joe Martinez? Uh, I'm allergic worry, to the world the first tonight. Time I was interrupted watching this. What's that? I'm allergic to the world tonight. God damn. <laughs> Poor sneezy thing. Um. Yeah. So this was uh, July second, two thousand five. Mm-hmm. Uh, Live Eight, which was. Uh, a bullshit excuse to put on a bunch of concerts to end poverty. Mm, did they? Yeah. No, no, mm. no, no. Uh, but there were some great concerts that came out of it. And it was the first time in since, what, 24 years? Whatever 1981 was, up until 2005, um, that Pink Floyd had ever played together as a full band. Mm. And it would be the last time they would ever play together uh, as a full band. And I was a huge, at this point, 2005, when did I get into Pink Floyd? Like 92, maybe? 90, I was probably like 9 or 10 when no. I was going through my dad's CDs and I found them. Why did they break up? Uh, Why didn't they, they play did together? Not, they did not get along. So after The Wall came out, uh, they were writing uh, Final Cut, which is a sequel to The Wall. And there's just a lot of bad blood and creative not getting along between uh, Roger Waters and David Gilmour. And then Roger Waters put out the Final Cut without any of David Gilmour's songs. And there's no writing credit or anything. And uh, after that, then there was a big... There were lawsuits. It was a really ugly breakup that went on for well pretty much up until uh this like show in 2005 where nick mason the drummer was kind of like the go-between to get these guys like let's do this for one night for the show and uh yeah they they rehearsed rehearsals didn't go great it was a lot still like a lot of like 
Well, Sid, Sid Barrett died, right? Yeah, Sid Barrett, well, he got kicked out of the band in, like, 1968, like, very early on. He was an original founder. He had a bad drug problem. David Gilmore came in, kind of replaced right. him. And then they kicked Sid out. Uh, and then, but Sid died in like two thousand. He he died. He he lived quite a long time, but just became uh, like a quiet but, little guy. But he was gone before Dark Side uh, of the Moon, right? He got kicked out before Dark Side. Sid Barrett died in two thousand six. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it was actually after a year after this, but he was kind of like a recluse. But yeah, he was he was there for like uh, Adam Hartmother. Uh, and and stuff like that. Uh, but, but he was yeah, part of the get... band after they signed, right? They're with EMI. Like, yeah, like through like when they were in like their more British poppy kind of mm. days. Um, but yeah, he was gone by by '68. Uh, he was gone, and then uh, look, metal. I think he was gone before metal. Because when did Metal come out? Uh, metal, I think, was 68. Metal then, was yeah, 1971. Was What's that? 1971 was Metal. Metal was 71? Okay. And he was um, gone in 67. Yeah. <coughs> huh. Uh, yeah, but, so yeah, they, they got together for this one show, They and they kind of barely got along. But I remember watching this. We had the shitty old, like, antique rocking chair that my mom would keep like in the living room because you know it's like oh i found it and re-upholstered it and like it's highly uncomfortable but and i remember like where the tv was there was like a half wall and there the tv was on one side and the other side was the kitchen table and my mom and my stepdad were there at the table and like i think his sister was in town so they're all sitting there and i'm home from school because uh 2005 this was a, was going into my senior year and uh, they're like, oh, come sit with us and talk. I'm like, no, Pink Floyd is going to be playing for the first time in like 25 years. And my mom's like, oh, that's neat. I heard that's a thing. And I'm like, I'm so, I've been so pumped for this. What was and, up with bands just putting, by the way, putting other songs? Like, why does Wish You Were Here have a lot of songs from Dark Side of the Moon on it? What do you mean? Doesn't Wish You Were Here have songs from Dark Side of the Moon on it? No. Isn't shine, were, shine on You Crazy wish, Diamond? Shine on You Wish You Were Here. Oh, this is parts. Shine on You Crazy Diamond, parts one through. Uh, oh, so these are, what about Half a Cigar? Then, Isn't that on? No. That's, that's, on, that's on only you, on. That's on Wish You Were Here. And parts one through five are on it. On shine wish On You Crazy here. Diamond's only Wish You Were Here? Yes, it's not on Dark Side of the Moon. Oh, man. I love yeah. Shine On You Crazy Diamond. I, yeah, think I, I, I think I might like. Wish You Were Here is my favorite Pink Floyd album. It, it's up there. Animals is my favorite. Um, but Wish You Were Here, and I mean, they're all. I, Dark Side, Wish You Were Here, and Animals. I, I And everyone's like, oh, The Wall. I, I'm not a huge fan of The Wall. It's got some great songs on it. Comfortably Numb is fucking epic. Um, but it, it was a little too operatic for me. The whole, um, I mean, they're prog rock. I really never been a fan of. I have, I I own, fucking, Dark Side of the Moon. Like you, yeah. you can't have a record collection without having Dark Side of the Moon. But another brick in the wall, part two, and uh, comfortably numb and mother. 
I mean, come on. Yeah. Those songs are great. Yeah. They're great. It's just, eh. And Run Like Hell. Oh, Run Like Hell is fucking awesome. But that's actually, yeah. Um, but no, uh, an- Animals I, I love because that's, has more like the. Were they split long... up for the Division Bell? Yes. Division Bell was strictly Pink Floyd as David Gilmore and Nick Mason with Rick Wright attached. There's this weird legal thing. What do you where... want from me? I love that uh, song. I love that album. Yeah, it's that's a good, such album. a good album. Yeah. Um, the grass was greener. Yeah, anytime you can have chimes and bells, yeah, it's the way to go. Um, yeah, but that Roger Waters had nothing to do with that one. Um, they also they also put out uh, uh, "Delicate Sound of Thunder" live album, which is really fucking good. That was the first Pink Floyd I heard. It was my dad like that "Delicate Sound of Thunder" live album? Like, mm. Holy fuck, this is really cool. And then they did the Live um, 8 reunion after... Yeah, then... The, yeah, nothing, so that was, after the Division Bell, nothing until the Live 8 reunion. Yeah, yeah. And that was... When was Division Bell? 93, I think? 94. 94. Um, and then, yeah, it was 2005. And I was so excited. And my mom and my stepdad, and, like, they're talking to me. And they're, like, upset, like, I'm being rude because I'm not joining in the conversation. And I have the, this shitty rocking chair pushed all the way up to the screen. I'm trying to watch. And they keep talking to me. I'm like, shut the f- I was so fucking furious. Like, th- this is th- the only time I'm ever going to get to see them play. Ever. And, like, since I was a fan, like, as, well, actually, as a whole band, in my lifetime, this had never happened. And this is the one chance I had. And they kept fucking talking to me during it. And then also, so 2005 was probably the last time. And at that point, I didn't care about anything MTV had put out, you know, for probably five years since then. But it was that one thing. And then, of course, they caught a ton of flack because at the end of the show, like, they all, like, David Gilmore's about to walk off. And then, like, uh, Roger Waters pulls him in. They kind of do, like, a group kind of half hug. And bow, and everyone in the place goes crazy. But if you're watching on MTV, you didn't see that because they had to cut out because, according to them, they had to go to a local break, but they couldn't hang in there for another like 30 seconds. Mm. Yeah, you know there was a producer sitting there just as David Gilmore's going new, 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 for like five minutes at the end of Comfortably Numb that just wanted to tell him to go to black. Mm-hmm. I've been but, there. Yeah, <laughs> been there, done that. Yeah. To many a Pink Floyd cover band. Brit Floyd, yeah. Aussie Floyd, <laughs> Bat Floyd, Wit Floyd, <laughs> Fuck Floyd, all of them. It's like, it's like Michael Madison's like, turn your key, sir, and he's not fucking doing it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, Don't that ever was... turn the lights out on Yanni, though, for fuck's sake. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was epic. All right, we are done. It's a... Uh... Two plus hour show in the books. I thought I was a little higher energy. I was a little allergic. Allergic is that a term? Uh, uh, yes, allergic. Because allergic would be mean you were allergic. Yeah. But allergic means you have allergies. I'm allergies. full of allergies. I'm still not. I think 100 percent full energy. Uh. I'm still a little sleepy bear. All that. All that music fest took it out of me. I'm an old man now, Squeezer. Uh, no, you're not. You're still young in my eyes. Well, 
you know, you're a sweet boy, but uh, the fa the facts are, uh, I'm 41 now, and I, I need, oh, shit. and I, I'm used to getting, you're, you're used to getting three hours of sleep a night. I'm used to getting 13 to 14, so <laughs> when I don't get that, I get uh -huh. sleepy. I, I went to bed early last night. I, I got a like solid... What's one thirty to seven thirty? Not long. Six, Six hours. hours. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I, f I woke up. My man, am I refreshed? God, that's horrible. Uh, you, you know that, what? To those people who are like those like stuff of wake up at five a.m. Cut your sleep. Go fuck yourself. Because I'm I still come out with gold, and I'm I need my fucking eight to nine hours. <laughs> I go to bed at three and wake up at like noon sometimes and. See, that's my problem. I love, I like to be up late. Yeah. Like, I, 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 no, I your like problem is you fucking had kids and they wake you up at the crack of dawn. But, but I also like being up early. Ugh, I, love, I hate if it. I, can, I if fucking I get a good, if hate I go to bed early, I love like that, that, that 4 a.m., 4.30, no. 5, Worthless. waking up kind of thing. I hate it. There's nothing to do. There's, it, you just can sit there in silence. It's, it's the worst time of the day. It's meant to be sleeping. Best time. Worst time. You drink your coffee, you make no nope. thing, and then, you, and then you go out and you start getting shit done. What can you do, you people? You keep complaining. Everyone else is sleeping. You got you got to wait till like eight o'clock. Yeah, fuck then. You chop some wood. Yeah. Well, next week we are uh, talking department store, old department store stories. Then uh, oh. food we hated. Then I don't have any ideas for three weeks till Halloween starts, so I'm gonna have to come up with that. Or we just like say we're sick and don't do shows. No, we'll, we'll do shows. We'll do shows. Uh, but until then, uh, stand uh, by for next week. We're talking uh, everything department stores. And then Just Halloween. Stand there. Do not go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Halloween right is starting before you and I know it. Hope so it's a Wednesday morning and we'll be, have a couple we'll, hours. We'll be doing Christmas shows before you know it. Ugh. I know. Shows, songs get in. Let's say goodbye. Bye, Squeezer. Bye.